Are you ready to turn your crafting passion into a thriving business? Join me, Kimberly Smith, the Paper Chef, for a creative journey filled with success stories, expert insights, and the crafty inspiration you've been waiting for. This is Hello Crafty Friends. episode nine of Hello Crafty Friends. Today I'm joined by Becky Tovez from the Ida Guam. She's known as the Crafty Chamarita. She's been a Stampin' Up! demonstrator since 2018 and we're going to get to hear about her journey and how she got there. She's gone from having this as a hobby to a jobby. <laughs> she's also has a former career as a teacher which has really come in handy when you're a de- when you're a Stampin' Up! demonstrator. She was a teacher for 20 years at the Guam Community College. She's now retired English professor. So we're going to get to hear about that. And interestingly enough, that is how we first met, not through crafting. She runs events. She does craft fairs. She's the one that taught me how to do an online bingo. She has her entire family helping her. And the Guam community is so amazing. The crafters in Guam are so amazing that she's going to get to tell you about what it's like to be a demonstrator on the island of Guam. All right. Without further ado, let's get started. Hello, Becky. Thank you for being here. Hi, Hafadeh, Kim. And thank you, everyone, for watching. Um, as Kim now, mentioned- what I need to do is, because I have, I'm just going to close this extra window and just go right to Zoom now that I know that I'm like on streaming on Zoom, right? I don't need to have the feedback and I can turn my volume back on so I can hear your answers. <laughs> we tried to go, we tried to do a first for me. So thank you for being here, number one. And you are a first because you're the first one of my podcast guests that agreed to go live, live stream with me. And although I've done live streaming on Zoom before by myself, I never tried to schedule it ahead of time. And that's where the little stream key thing messed up on the Zoom. But we're going to get it working. And as techy as you are, maybe we can you can help me get it working. Oh, I doubt it. You're definitely a lot more techy than I am. So anyway, let me review myself so Kim can actually hear it. Half a day, everyone. My name is Becky Tobiz. I use Crafty Chamarita uh, for my stamping business here on Guam. And yes, Kim and I met um, through Guam Community College. We were both uh, professors there at the time. I actually was have been teaching for 33 years. So I retired back in 2020 when COVID hit. And prior to that, um, I did my stamping up business. I mean, not as a business, but more as um, a hobby. Um, I've actually been stamping, gosh, for probably 25 years. So it wasn't until the last five years or so that I became a stamping up uh, demonstrator. And so um, I know when you're asking, how did it change from a hobby to a jobby? That's the first time I've ever heard that term. Um, Back in 2018, when I joined, um, my upline, Sandra, asked me if I wanted to go to on stage, which I'm sure many of you know is the big stamping up conference that we have uh, all around the world. And she said, uh, you know, Becky, it's going to be the 30th anniversary. So it's going to be a big celebration. It's going to be special. And this is the one that was in Disney World. And I think you went to that too, right, Kim? Or you missed that? I went that? to, I didn't, I didn't go to the one in Disney World. I was in Europe at the time. Okay. Oh, that's right. I did, that's go, right. To, I did go to one that was in Disneyland Paris. <laughs> nice. We'll talk nice. about your trip. You'll talk about your, your trip with Sandra too. 
you're up okay. as well for one of the events. Yeah, right? So yeah. yeah, that was so great. Going to onstage in Vienna was so awesome. Um, so anyway, when I went to uh, onstage back in 2018, I remember that feeling of sitting in the audience and thinking, you know what, I can do this as a business. And at the time, I knew that retirement was right around the corner. I knew I wanted to retire. And I figured that this is something um, that will be great to do to keep me busy, you know, because they say a lot of times when people retire and do nothing, that's when everything goes downhill, their health, mental ability, everything. And I, I didn't want that to happen to me, but I knew I wanted to retire. And so that planted the seed in my mind. And, you know, as the years progressed, I started more and more building up uh, the business and doing, you know, doing classes and doing online events. And so by the time I retired in 2020, I was ready to go um, full force with my business. And that's what I've done. So I've kind of um, have a hybrid business. A lot of my activities now are online. So after everything opened up uh, from COVID, I started to do more, um, in-person things. So prior to that, everything was online. I'm sure as it happened with everybody because we were in lockdown for several years. And so that's when I started the Stamping Bingo. It was actually during COVID because I knew I wanted to do that event. And um, the only way to do it was to do it online. So anyway, that's how my, in a nutshell, my stamping journey went from being a hobby to being a jobby. (laughs) Now I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And and I love that because I was in Guam at the time, I was locked down as well. And your daughter delivered the packet to my house, <laughs> which is really nice. And you had an amazing packet full of really fun goodies. And I I want you to tell people what you put in that bingo packet to let us know how to pick the prize and different, like how to let, let us know how to call bingo, that we have bingo. Like, what do you put in your packets? They were pretty amazing. So um, the packets differ every year. It really just depends on the time of year and the project. So typically I started off with doing uh, stamping bingo every November in anticipation of Christmas. So um, we play seven games and every game is different. So the first game could be like a regular bingo. So those of you who played, you know, you can go um, diagonally, you can go up and down, you can go straight. So, you know, anyone that they do, they get is fine. So whoever wins bingo, I prepare a bingo sign and I have it somewhere there. I'd have to look for it. And because it was online, it was really important to make the sign so that um, because everybody is muted, because if somebody says, says bingo, you guys have seen Zoom meetings, right? You can't tell who's talking. And so the best way to figure out who won is to hold up the sign. So I tell them, if you have bingo, quickly hold up your sign and unmute and yell bingo. Right. And if you I loved both- it. It was like, I guess on a paddle and that was really cool. And yeah. the other thing you put in there was the prizes. Like I am not that organized. So I do I did learn from you how to do my bingo, but I I didn't I don't mail out the prizes ahead of time with the numbers on them. Yeah. So what I do is I um in there's different things. So in the packet, it includes all the materials they need to make the card. So when we play bingo, we actually make three cards and one 3D project. So every after every two games, we stop and we craft and we make a card and then we continue on. So each game is different. So it could be regular bingo, it could be four corners or whatever. And then ahead of time, I um, take a picture of all the stamps that they win because that's what you, um, my customers win. So after every game, they win a 
stamp set. And so I put all of the stamps in a picture and I email it out to them and I tell them, you know, uh, just in case you win, pick your top three so that once you win, I know which one to cross off and which one gets taken out of uh, the rotation. And then I also put in um, a, a little gift. So the gift really depends on the project and what's available in the catalog at the time. So this last bingo that I just did a couple of weeks ago, we focused on the Oh Holy Night collection. That is the best oh, collection in the whole catalog. You know, the minute I saw that, I knew, I knew I was going to get it. And I knew I was going to focus on that for the stamping bingo. So for um, the little gift, I actually um, gave everybody a sampler of both DSP because in that collection, there's two DSP. So I just cut everything down into six by six and I put it in. And then I also put in food because when you're sitting down doing oh, yeah. bingo, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good two and a half, three hours, you know? And so uh, I want to make sure that everybody is fed and they have something to munch on in case they're hungry. So I always put food in there and, you know, stuff like that. So that's basically it. The right. materials, a gift and food. Sometimes I put in a coupon for a $5 coupon, but with the price of everything nowadays for this stamping bingo, I just, it wasn't feasible to put that in. And I didn't want the price to go so high that people wouldn't participate because you know, in this day and age, everything is going up. So rather than increasing the price, I just took out that $5 coupon. That's nice. And I remember you put a bunch of little die cuts to make the project pieces that were embossed, pieces that we needed to color. There was so much yeah. love and so much work put into that kit. So I was really appreciative. And I, I like being able to know, oh, I want stamp number two or, and then you can just say the number and move on quickly. Right. Because my bingos, although I did learn from you, I'm not following everything that you taught me. So I don't have all the prizes like way ahead of time on lists that I mail out with the packet. Because I usually just figure out what I'm doing for prizes like the week before. I have a bunch of prizes I collect. So it's kind of scrambling. Like, did someone pick that yet? Did anyone pick that yet? I hold them up and then, so yeah, I'll get there as, as things grow. Oh, All and right, I forgot so. to mention the, sure, the, sure. the biggest part, I think for many people that they join is whoever wins the seventh round, which is a blackout round. So we use the same cards all throughout. And then whoever wins the seventh round actually gets to choose a bundle of their choice. So their their prize is not in the list of prizes that I have. They get to tell me later on what they want. And then people get to buy um, extra bingo cards, $5 each. And then the pot goes to the winner. So whoever wins that last pot gets all of it in like a gift certificate where they can purchase whatever they want through me of stamping up products. So uh, the last bingo that we had, it was, the pot was $110. When I first started during COVID, remember everybody was locked down. The pot was like 250, you know, that was yeah. amazing. But you An know, I, pot. like everybody's scrambling to get that final pot. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a great, that's great. So, I mean, I had so much fun and everybody loves to win prizes, crafty items, money, but we're also happy with snacks. Like I feel like just crafting and being with the community gave me enough value out of it whether I won or not which I didn't yeah time, but I uh, it's okay it's better to give than to receive as as the same yeah. goes right and, right and yeah you mentioned that um oh holy night is that paper's already sold out yeah well, I hope I, I mean, have enough to put in my craft kit it, although I'm doing something on whales you might be wondering why are you using that 
Well, because I couldn't find a lot of blue paper that looked like water <laughs> for the whale watching. So I'm using I'm using that. All right. I'm gonna also check in with a um, let's see, with my in my channel to see if there are any questions, even though I can't turn on the volume, I can read about that. So now let's jump to what you I just want to kind of start back like because people wonder how we got here. You know, you were a teacher. Now you're a crafter. I was a teacher. Now I'm a full-time, you know, crafter, paper crafter. Like, how? What were you like as a little girl? And maybe what kind of things may have sparked your creativity? Um, you know what? I can actually pinpoint to the exact event, I guess. And it was really from my auntie, my dad's sister, who introduced my sister and me into bunka. Have you ever heard of that? Being, I don't know when you were in Okinawa. In Okinawa, it's bunka? a Japanese. We learned it as bunka, but like I don't know. It's like bunko, it's like the yeah, the dice thing, or no, 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 no. So it's this punch. It's a punch thing, and when you punch it through the material, it creates, it changes the thread, and it makes. No, so I never heard of that. Oh, it was beautiful. So we have beautiful pictures, and it's a punch kind of. Um, I know it's hard to describe because people nowadays, when I talk about it, they have no idea, you know, what what that is all about. So that was really when I started my creative side. I think I can pinpoint it to that because prior That's to that, amazing. I never thought of myself as creative, you know, and um, I actually started not from card making, but from scrapbooking, you know, especially when I became a mother, I wanted to scrapbook and document um, the things that my children went to. So I was scrapbooking for a long time. And it wasn't until I kind of discovered scrap uh, snapping up from um, another demonstrator that I started to make cards, but it was really, I think like a lot of people, we start with scrapbooking and we kind of migrate or incorporate um, card making into uh, what we do. So it really wasn't, I think, until um, I became an adult and I started teaching. Um, I always tell people when you're a teacher, you have no choice. You have to be creative because in the classroom, there's so many things that you need to do outside the box, either to make the lesson more interesting or to make it more <clears throat> relevant to the students or just to make it fun, right? So having that teacher hat really, I think, developed my creative side. And unlike my sister, my sister is creative. She does everything, sewing and bordering, you know, wood burning, all of that. I stick to just paper crafting. So that's the rabbit hole that I uh, went under, went through. That's, that's <laughs> great. And we'll have to find a link to that type of art in, and put that in with the show notes because yeah yeah I, I thought that I thought I heard of every kind of crafting but I had not heard of that and that's amazing and my previous guest you know usually they ask a question to the next guest and it was what is your go-to craft you may have answered it already you know what's your go-to craft and you and why did you get started in that but you, yeah. you sort of already answered the origin of that but I don't want to leave her out her name was Christine Ray Bishop and she did ask that question so we have paper crafting, but you started with your aunt who inspired you, just like I started with my mom. Yeah. Inspired me. Now, I want to know how you came up with the name for your business. Okay. And well, well, that one's easy because mm -hmm. um, I live on Guam and I wanted to do um, pick a name that incorporated Guam in <clears throat> whatever um, name I used for my business. And so Chamarita is the, the name for a female Chamorro woman. And so our native language is Chamorro. 
Um, and so that's what we called ourselves. And our ethnicity, we called ourselves Chamorro. So I thought Chamorita would be perfect. I love that. I yeah. love that. So that's really cool. So yeah, I consider my husband and I met on Guam and we consider it our second home. And he makes really good Kelligan. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah. Which, which kind? Chicken or? Beef. He does the beef and beef? we have oh. lots of lemon powder here and we, he's been making it sometimes here. We just, it's hard for us to get the boonie peppers, right? Yeah. You have. And no. George is too cold, I think, to grow the peppers. They they don't like cold weather. Right. And I can't even find markets to have the right kind of pepper, like mm -hmm. the Asian peppers, but they, we do our best and it's okay. And sometimes people send us the pickled ones, hint, hint. So yeah, oh. we're able to do it. It's a vinegar, you know, well, in you vinegar. Know, in vinegar. Cam, sorry. I was going to say sorry. All of our local produce really took a hit with the typhoon. So uh, we're sure. not going to be seeing local fruits for a long time. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. And we're probably not even supposed to ship them. So we're probably going to get ourselves in trouble here on line with the agricultural department. No, I'm just kidding because they're in vinegar. So, and they are, they are shipped like that in stores. As, as well. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about how you generate leads for your business. I know you do some outside activities mm -hmm. in the community. Um, so one of the, the main things that I do is I do craft fairs. And so during the craft fairs, I have, you know, I advertise it in advance. And I tell people, if you stop by my table, and you sign my, um, my sign in sheet, um, then they have a chance to win a prize. So in the sign-up sheet, I have them do different things. So they put their name and then I have different columns. Like, do they want to be part of my email? Do they, are they interested in classes? Are they interested in hosting a workshop? So that's one of the ways that I generate leads uh, for my business. And then I also give them the opportunity to either take a free class or get a discounted class. So it really depends on what I have uh, coming up. So if I know I have like a, a product-based class where I'm going to use <clears throat> parts of a kit or whatever, something that I need to spend additional money for, then I usually give a 50% coupon. But if I know I'm going to be doing classes where I cut up all the stuff and I come up with my own design, then I do a free class. So that's another way of, of um, encouraging people to come. And then I also do, if you bring a friend, then you can you can have my class for free. So that's another way so that they can bring um, other people uh, into my classes. Um, I've done different things. I've had, um, I've done packets where I put together uh, cards and I put catalogs and things like that. And I drop it at the uh, the, the schools that are around me. So I did it for like maybe five or six schools. And I just use the paper pumpkin cards because those are really um, easy to make. It's not something where you have to come up with the design and create something on your own. So that's another way that um, I generate leads that way. And I, I, it's on my list of things to do. I have to be better about this, but I'm trying to make sure that I carry cards around with my information so that I can give it to people um, when I, you know, when I meet them. Um, I also do something called Kit Cafe. And so every first Tuesday of the month, we get together at a cafe. And usually when people pass by and they're they're like, oh, what are you doing? You know, what's that all about? You know, because we're out in public. And so when that happens, then I explain a little bit to them about what we're doing. And then I give them a card so that they can um, they can have access to me. And, you know, if they're interested in ordering cards or participating in my class, uh, then they have uh, my information. So well, this is, those are the are different great ways because Guam is like really a community-based island and 
all these ways like craft fairs, kit cafe. Yeah. And it makes it, I mean, you you finish your thought too, but it made me think of Shirley's and the events that we used to have. The epic, epic demonstrator events that happen at Shirley's and other places that you guys have them. Oh, yeah. so, In fact, we're we're getting together tonight for our team Christmas party. You know, that? so I'm missing it. I miss the swap. <laughs> I miss the, the events at Sandra's shop. And the swaps that were epic. And I used to show them on my channel and all the community world car making day. And how we'd all get together and tag team and do yeah. communities and Shirley's and other restaurants. We went to, it was all, everything revolves around food there. I'm obsessed yeah, tonight's with food. At, tonight's yeah. at Mescla. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just to make I'm you a little bit more relaxed. Definitely, <laughs> definitely say hi to everybody. I need I to, will. I need to do a virtual swap with you guys. Yeah. Because I and love we're gonna have um you guys are gonna, we're gonna have like I think the biggest uh, gathering of demonstrators tonight because our teams have really grown and so we're really I'm really excited because my team um really expanded with the last uh joining promotion um and so for many of them they're you know they're very shy um but for many of them they're taking the plunge and they're they're participating in the swap and they're participating in the dinner so I'm really excited to see everybody tonight. I love that. Yeah. I love that your team's expanded. I love that you're getting together. And since when I came back to Guam for the second time, I was already a demonstrator and you guys all adopted me. And I know you adopt others in the military community that are like there temporarily to join with your group. So I love, I love that. That is wonderful. So I want to, oh, sorry. Let me, I have it muted over here. All right, go for it. Sorry. All right, I just want to go, I'm just going to give a shout out to everyone that's here live. And I don't know how you found us because I, I had to switch the whole live stream. So good evening, Phil, Kathy from Backyard Stamper, Lara Steiner, Glenda Morgan, Linda Lee, Deborah Letsky, Maria Virgilowski, are you for repeat, Diana Boone, Trish S. Cheryl. So thank you for joining us. Now I'm going to go back and continue. If I see any questions there, I'll, I'll go back. So when you met up with me in Las Vegas for the backstage event, you were keeping a big secret from all of us. I was. <laughs> and I found out later that I just cannot believe you didn't tell me, but I know you couldn't tell me. Right. And you couldn't tell anybody. And you were really good at that. So now I know if I ever have a secret. So what was that secret that you that I want you to share with everybody right now? Yeah, it was so hard. So <clears throat> back in August, so right before backstage, right before, uh, you know, like a week before backstage, I was a contestant on The Price is Right. And they said, Rebecca Toves, they mispronounced my name, Rebecca Toves, come on down. And so what people don't realize is that when they call your name, they also have a guy on the side with a sign, because just in case the announcer mispronounces your name, um, you know, so when I saw, they, I heard my name, but I'm like, is he calling me? And it wasn't until I looked at the sign and I saw my name, I'm like, he was calling me. Yay! So I became a contestant on The Price is Right. So I was the last contestant uh, called and I won that part. I won two Samsung phones. So I made it on the stage and then I won a new car. That I won so amazing. Ultima. 
It, I mean, it was surreal. Standing there, It was like, I can't believe this is happening. My heart is thumping, you know, and I tell people when you're there, they give you all these directions, stand here, move here, look at this camera or whatever. But when you're there, all of that goes out the window because it's just such a high energy kind of environment that it's easy to forget all the directions that they gave you. So I was able to win a car um, and I made it, I spun the wheel and I made it all the way to the showcase, but I didn't win the showcase. And so uh, people were asking me like, how come you didn't bid higher? And I said, because the assistant who was helping us at the time, the, the guy and I who went um, made it to the showcase said that uh, the in the previous tapings, people have been overbidding and so nobody won. And they don't like to see that happen. They want to see a winner on the game. So I think I was just being a little bit shy with my um, with my estimate, with my guess, but you know, in the end, it's okay because the guy who won is a newlywed. So he and his wife were just starting out. They didn't have much. They didn't have a car. They really wanted the car, um, but they ended up winning the trip to Switzerland, which I think was great because everybody walked away with something great, but it was just such a great experience, you know, and I tell people if you're ever in Southern California, you know, get tickets ahead of time because they're free, you know, imagine winning a new car and not having to pay a cent for it, right? I mean, it was just, it was such an uh, exciting, awesome experience. And then to go, I mean, that whole trip for me was just awesome because I got to meet my grandson for the first time. I won on The Price is Right. I got to see the home office for Stampin' Up! And I went to the factory in Canabs. I went to Riverton and Canab, And then I went to Backstage. So it was just a wonderful month of traveling. It was so great to hang out with you at that event. And I didn't realize that you also met your grandson and that trip and all the things, all the extra things. But that is, that's great that that family was blessed and you got two phones and a car and you're the only person I know that was a contestant on The Price is Right. So that yeah. was really neat. So then it took and a couple it, months to go live onto t on TV. Right. And that's when I finally saw it. So I was like, what? That's <laughs> that, right? <laughs> yeah, we couldn't tell everybody anybody because if they if anybody posts or they find out and <clears throat> the price is right, finds out you leaked it, then you forfeit your prize. And I didn't want to forfeit my car, right? <laughs> well, no. I mean, heck yeah. no. Right. Well, that's that's a way to keep us hush hush, right? So that's good. Right. Now, I right. also did that tour, maybe a couple of days after your tour. In fact, I I did my tour. I finally, I just kept saying, "I'll get a ride, I'll get a ride, I'll get a ride," because it was like six hours away or something. <laughs> yeah. A few hours away, maybe five hours. It was a, it was a, five hours away from Vegas. And that that tour was amazing to see how the things were made. It literally was. got to see how this and then we can't we can't say how they were made because we're not supposed to say how they were made but we got to see how different kinds of stamps were made whether it be it's like see photopolymer or bling they make them both there which is yeah. nice i like and some of our products are made in america that was very interesting i was in there for a couple hours on that tour yeah so we, i want to i want to um ask you since you have a lot of help with your business, how your family is involved in, in what you do for Stampin' Up. <laughs> They're involved in everything. So if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. And so they help me everything from the craft fairs, lugging everything around. Um, I have so much stuff when I do my craft fairs that we need two cars. I mean, I just wow. have 
I have, I have a lot of stuff because some of the craft fairs, we have to bring our own tables, right? So, you know, the tables plus everything and all my containers. So my husband or my daughter usually helps lug it around uh, for me. And then my sister and my daughter and my niece sometimes help me with the selling part because I, I try to have two tables. And so one of the tables is the kit and the other table is the other stuff. And so you really need two t people selling because there's just too much stuff for for one person uh, to handle. So they're really great. And my husband has been so great too. So um, when I do those swaps off island to go for on stage or backstage, I'm usually not done with them. And so the night before I'm ready to go on my flight, my husband will be die cutting my pieces for me. <laughs> what a guy. I know he's so great. <laughs> He'll be die cutting oh. it. And then I'll be putting it together on the plane or I remember one time I was in the airport in Narita and I put out, I was doing a watercolor card. So I put it out on the restaurant and I was watercoloring all of the, the cards. And so, yeah. And they have wow, on my the plane. That's yeah, no, yeah, this was in, in Narita in the, the restaurant during my layover because I had a pretty long layover. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to work on my cards. So he's been great, you know, um, to do stuff like that and anything that I need, whether it's to get these cabinets, like the cabinets in back of me, um, somebody, the business had sold out. And so they were selling it for $40 each. So he went and he got, this is really heavy. It doesn't look like it, but it's super heavy. You need at least three guys to carry that because it's super heavy. So anything that deals with the muscle of my business, um, he's there. He does it. And then anything that I need with the other stuff, my daughter's great. Sometimes she's she jokingly says, mom, can you... Can you give me the illusion that I have a choice? And I said, okay, I'll give you the illusion that you have a choice. But you know, in our culture, right? If if somebody needs help, it's ingrained for us to help each other. So it's just second nature. So when I need help, um, my husband, my daughter, my sister, my niece, my brother even has, has come to help us out. They help. So I never have a shortage of help for my business. I've been very, I'm blessed. Yes, I know it. You are very lucky. And I'm going to be asking you in a minute about your best-selling craft fair items. But I just need to say that Kathy, Kathy Backyard Stamper said, you know, it's congratulations about, you know, being on the prices, right? That's fantastic. And that, so is Evang Evangeline is saying that and Sherry Walker. And we have another one, Dawn Tuck, who is saying, this is a cool comment. She's saying that she went to California and got to be in the audience with Bob Barker, but she wow. didn't get called. So that's pretty cool. She got to see Bob Barker. I, that must have been a long time ago, right? But that's Dawn Tuck, so she's making a comment. So of course, I knew that I knew this audience would be loving the Price is Right story. That yes, was, thank you, thank you, everyone, for your congratulations. Oh, I wanted to say, if you guys are ever, if you're ever a contestant, what they do is they take people out 10 at a time and they interview you. So that's really where you have to shine. So you have to make an impression on them so that you get picked, right? Because that's what you want. You want to get picked. So I think for me, what made me get picked was my shirt said, I flew 6,086 miles to come on down. So I think the fact that I was from Guam uh, and I and I kind of hyped that up helped right. me to get. <laughs> well, that's I unique. Won't they should hype it up. No, I, I didn't know that they interview. So like that on the way in yeah. the door, they interview or is it like in the back after you get called up on stage? No, because you get called up right away. So when do no, they no, so outside? 
Or so what happens is they put everybody in a big waiting room. So while you're there, you watch old episodes of Price is Right, and then they call you out 10 people at a time. So the interviews aren't very long. They're usually, gosh, I think we were out there for maybe five to 10 minutes. And you, they collectively ask, you know, they go down the line and they ask people questions. So they, they watch how you answer the questions and the kinds of, um, the kind of rapport that you have. So, you know, that's the place where you want to make a, um, make an impression so that you can get chosen. Okay. So then when you get in the room, they already probably know who they're going to pick in the big audience from the audience. That's good. That's good to know. Make an impression. I see people used to wear costumes and, and it's kind of like playing let's make a deal where you got to really have a, a big a big showing yeah so that's cool yeah. so now a, a lot of my listeners are interested in craft fairs and i recently did a making and selling crafts course and people were very interested in that and i talked about my best sellers and which, which when i guessed before i was going what my best sellers would be they were actually not my best sellers so i'll have to comment that after you after you comment but I want to know what kind of, what are your bestsellers? And maybe if there's different times a year, you have different bestsellers, let us yeah. know because people want, and want to know what to sell at craft fairs. How so for me, that? for me, ironically, it's the cards. The cards sell the most. And so I know that people have different prices of how they sell their cards. I just sell my cards for $4 each, but if they purchase $20 worth, they get an extra card. And when I started doing that, then more and more people were buying the cards. So the cards really are the number one bestseller for me. The the items that I make <clears throat> I think because this the big craft fair that I do is normally in November, but they moved it to October. So those didn't do as well as I thought. I'm going to be doing another craft fair in a couple of weeks. And so the ones right before Christmas, the product project-based ones do better, especially if they're um, stocking stuffers and for teachers. So the one I'm go- the craft fair I'm going to be doing is tied to a teacher event. So I'm going to be doing things that um, <clears throat> that they want to give to their teachers. So I'm going to for the first time I'm going to try the file, the one that I saw you do, Kim. Good, and we'll Kim. see how. Yeah, that we'll was see. Like second how- or third best item sold. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that does. Uh, in the past, for the Christmas, um, the Christmas craft fair, I've done the thing where you put it in the old uh, containers for stamping for stamps. You know, like my, I get, I get all of it from my sister because when she gets her stamp, she takes it out of the case and she puts it in sleeves. So she has all of these um, empty uh, cases that she gives to me. So I put that together. I decorate the inside of the flap. I put a notebook in it and a post-it and sometimes even a calendar. And those do really well, especially for so these uh, these cases you're talking about. These cases. Yes. These plastic cases are what you, I didn't, I didn't realize we also sell them the empty, but that's great that you get them from your daughter. That's great. And you put, yeah. Something. Yeah. And, and those do uh, really well. And sadly, um, you know, I think you have to understand our culture to understand this, but I also sell a lot of condolence cards because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who have been passing away. And so we have this whole ritual uh, Kim knows cause she the lived rosary, down the rosary. Yeah. So when people pass away, um, it's it's called the uh, the spirit of anaphimalic, where everybody helps everybody. And so when somebody passes away, we typically give them money to help with the the funeral expenses because that's you know it costs a lot of money to do that. So the condolence cards sell really well, and then I sell condolence envelopes. So I just take the plain, not even the stamping up envelope, you know, one of those cheap envelopes, mm-hmm. and I 
uh, I just stamp condolences on it and I sell those for a dollar. And those do really well because a lot of people don't want to put or they don't want to give a card. They just want to put their money inside. And we could we call it two things. It's chinsuli or eka. They put money inside. They just want to put to and from and then give it to right. um, the family. And so that's actually another uh, great seller. And then this last craft fair, I decided I'm going to pay extra money to get an extra table. And I did kits. So one table was all kits. And I got this idea from a demonstrator. I don't remember who, but what she did was she put up samples of what the kit makes and she just used poster boards. But what I did was I used the wire racks, the one that Samping Up used to sell. And I, yeah, and I, I just hung, I, you know, I, I just did like a, um, like an eight by 10, I just printed it out. I put the title on it and then I taped the, um, uh, what do you call it? The samples to that. And then I hung it up. And when people saw what the kit made, that really helped to sell the kits. And I didn't use the poster boards because number one, I didn't have it. And number two, it took up too much space. But when I used the wire racks, they took less space uh, from the table. And so I was able to sell a lot of kits that way. I love so, that. And you and there's a cash and carry. So you can sell those right straight out at the craft fairs. Which absolutely. Is, which is great. So a whole separate table full of kits. That's a good device. And then so for me, I thought my nuggets were going to be the best seller. But like first, I didn't make enough of these, but my doggy treats, they were gone. And then the oh. mini coffee cups, they were all gone. I didn't make enough of either. All gone. And then maybe one left. No, I think they were all gone. The things I thought would sell more were like this, the sticky notes, but they were like maybe sixth or seventh. It was Paper purses were next. Who who would have thought it? Then now file boxes. And then maybe nuggets and then maybe sticky notes. But like cards, not at all. That's wow. where, I'm at, where I'm at. But that's where I'm at. But people, they try to take, it's funny. I just, I just crack up about this. I have to laugh. But they try to take pictures and, you know, I don't, here, I'll say, I'll go, here's my channel. Like, I'll even give you a tutorial on how to make them. Like, if they start taking pictures of my cards, like they're going to make them and themselves. You know, wow. I'm like, I'm like, here, go to my channel, my tutorials there if you want to make it yourself. But like, they don't have any of the materials. <laughs> they, you know, Christmas is around the corner. I've been making them for months, but they want to take pictures and make them themselves. Sometimes they think that, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, here's the recipe. Have at well, it. you know, since you know? you're talking about that, have I just want to, I just want to thank you for all the, you've been so generous with your ideas all the time, you know, oh, and I like how. Thanks. You haven't been stingy and you've helped us every step of the way, you know, where we have an idea coming up and you elaborate on it and you're just very generous with your ideas. And, you know, thank you for thank, that. Thank you. Sure I mean, I, I, I give away you. all the, you know, the recipes and then sometimes I have classes where it's more organized, but still, even in my class, it's usually something I also taught on YouTube, but yeah, I break it down into several hours on my class versus like the quick way on YouTube. But thank you. I, I, I'm always like, when, when someone says they want to make it themselves, I'm like, have at it. You're like, Here's, here you are. Like, I'm the more the merrier. Let's all craft. But sometimes because of that, they don't want to spend a few dollars on a card. And you're like, mine were $5. But still, I'm not going to compromise on the price because I wanted to just use them for my team and for my friends and my customers if I don't get the $5. I'm okay with that. I'd rather not sell them if that's the case. So you got another congrats from... Maria, you're just getting lots of... See, all the comments tonight are about the Price is Right more than crafting. <laughs> Linda, too. Isn't this funny? So, well, you know, 
It's, it's because, we, you know, I think for all of us, we never imagined that we'll be on a game show that's televised nationally, right? It, it's just like something pie in the sky. You never think it's going to happen, right? And then when it happens and then you know somebody who it's happened to, it's just, it's surreal, you know? And even even here on Guam, you know, people still don't believe, um, they don't believe, you know, that I won. <laughs> they're like you're making it up you're lying you're crazy like you have the you have the receipts there you have the video recordings yeah nobody can deny the video recordings (laughs) so i want to ask you about i just had it in my head let me think for a second i'm gonna go blank it was It was about the Europe thing, but I'm trying to, I don't remember what it was called, but you and Sandra went to the event in Europe. The onstage. That's what it was. And I was over in the States at the same time. So tell us about what that was like, because as a follow-up to that, you guys met so many people that you introduced me to, you know, from, from, that you met there. So I just, I was just like really impressed by that. All right. So go ahead. Yeah. So that, that onstage was actually the first one that Stampin' Up! had in person after uh, COVID. So, um, you know, I, I, okay, you guys know traveling from Guam is super expensive, but when I looked it up um, to fly with miles, it was only 45,000 miles to go to Europe from Guam. That's cheaper than going to the States. So I didn't have to pay for my ticket. And it was, it was such a wonderful experience. And my daughter went with me as well. Um, Going to onstage in Europe is different than going to onstage in the States, you know? I mean, they have the same things, but the the mood is different. Um, and I tell you, the swaps are different as well, because when you go to Europe, the swaps are more 3D based. They're not so much card based. In the States, uh, we make more cards than 3D projects, <clears throat> but in Europe, they do a lot of the 3D projects. And Vienna, holy cow, so the first time to be in Vienna is beautiful. Have you ever been there? No, Vienna? no, I haven't. Oh, it's absolutely, absolutely beautiful. That that trip was one of the best trips I've ever uh, taken in my life. I mean, the city itself is gorgeous and it's so safe. I think it's rated as one of the, the safest cities in the world. Um, and then after we were done uh, with Onstage, then we took a, a side trip to Salzburg uh, to go see where they filmed The Sound of Music. And that has been a childhood dream of mine. Ever since I watched The Sound of Music for the first time, I said, I want to go there you know and even though it was cold and so the the hills weren't as green as they normally are it was still gorgeous you know and it was just a an overall really great experience um to do on stage in vienna (laughs) wow and the sound of music where that was that sounds great i did when i was in germany like teaching so when i joined i was a hobby demo as well and i went to an event in amsterdam and then i listened and i I just got so inspired and that from that point on, I started a YouTube channel. So it was very cool to go to that event. And then later I went to the Paris one and there were only three Americans there. One American lives in Europe and the other two were, one was military affiliated like me. And then the other one like was me. So it was like, we were three Americans in the one in Paris. Those swaps were epic. I was like, I'm not worthy. They were giving us like jars of jam, like homemade jam put into this elaborate box. And like a big old twig with like a paper owl on it with like leaves hanging out. And you're like, this took you like two hours to make each swap. And you're like, I'm not worthy. And I'm like, here's my little purse. Where's my little box? But it was, I mean, I had good swaps, I thought, until I saw their swaps. 
but I was like, yeah, I didn't know. I was like, I didn't get the memo that you're making these elaborate things. But we they they treat us very nice, and even though it was all in French, we just we knew what was going on with the crafting. We you know we had a good time, and then the one in Amsterdam was in English for for us, and that's when I got this bicycle set. But anyway, good times in Europe with the Stampin' Up demonstrators. They are yeah. high caliber. And then when we went to they Vegas, are. you, they you are. knew all these people that you met over there, and then you yeah. were introducing me, you and Sandra, to people you met in Europe that were now over in the U.S. So that was really cool. You guys are master networkers. Well, you know, it's part of, a, you know, uh, again, I think it's part of our culture to just get in there and talk to everybody. Right. And so I remember um, this one lady, um, she she's from Germany and I had sent her a card. Remember when we did World Card Making Day, but it was virtual during COVID and yeah. we had that where you sign up. And so the person you sign up uh, who signs up before you, you send them the card, the person it's after like a you. pen pal. Right. Yeah. They sent you the card. And so the lady I had sent the card to her name is Sandra. <clears throat> I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name right. Kogel. It's K-O-G-E-L. Mm -hmm. um, so she <clears throat> when she found out that I was there, she made it a point to to look for me and to search me out uh, during on stage. And that was so great because, you know, here's somebody that I sent a card to complete stranger and we connected in person um, at on stage in Vienna. So that was so so great. And there were a lot of um, a lot of people that we met. There's a lot of uh, I made friends because they were staying in the same hotel as we were with a bunch of demonstrators from the UK. And um, one of them ended up going to backstage and we connected there as well. So it was great. And, you know, when you go to these events, whether it's on stage or backstage, um, especially when you find somebody who's by themselves, I think we make it a point to just connect with them and say, hey, come join us so that, you know, you don't have to go through this experience by yourselves. And um, so by the time we got to on stage in um, Las Vegas, I mean, we just had all of these threads of people and we just had dinner that one time. And it was just connections that we made from different um, events. And it was great getting together, um, you know, to have that dinner. And it was really nice. <laughs> I love that. I love that you met your, pay, your pen pal in person and then other people yeah. too, and that you introduced them to others. I mean, this is all awesome stuff. Now I'm going to, I have some more comments on here but i'm going to go to your page and put this link because i originally had your link in my original live stream that was scheduled of course that one flopped so we're going to put it in the chat right now because okay. linda thank you linda is asking everybody to make sure she follows you and she's so happy to get to know you better oh. that's what she's saying and she's asking everyone to follow you and then more thank you linda for that and melissa came thank in thank you since then. and she's asking what you sold the kits of dawn is asking what you sold the kits for and can we see a card you made for your craft fair? It, Laura's asking. So, okay. or anything Ooh. you want to show us, any craft. So I put I put the link to Crafty Chamry. We're going to talk about your Facebook pages after that. But if you have anything to show and tell, they want to see. <laughs> so let me answer the question about the kits because I know people sell their kits for really cheap, but I uh, <clears throat> I sold them for the paper pumpkin. I sold them for twenty five dollars because you know. You have we to pay to, for shipping. Yeah, you have to pay for shipping and all of that. So, and then the regular kits that um that are current, then I sold it for whatever uh was the retail price plus the shipping. But if it was like a weird number, if it ended up being like 75, I upped it to the dollar because I don't like dealing with coins. So when I do the craft fairs, everything is to the dollar. You know, I don't 
I don't, I don't deal with coins. So right. if you're doing craft fairs and you deal with coin coins, hats off to you. Cause that's not something that uh, I want to do. That's just too crazy. I do, I, do, I do that too. I do. I round up to the nearest dollar. Yeah. Well, so this is not something that I did at a craft fair, but let me see if I can pull it out. I did this for, this was for stamping bingo. I don't know if you guys can see this. Oh yes. Up a little higher. Perfect. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. So we did this for stamping bingo. This, this is one of the cards. This was another one. And feel free to name the product, you know, for those. Okay. So this is, it'll help if it's not upside down, right? So this is the night. It's part, I always remember, oh, holy night, even though it has two names. Yeah. The stars, this is a star one. I can't remember what the name is, but I just remember, oh, holy night. And well, while you're doing that, I grabbed my, my catalog while you're doing that. Cause that's awesome. Night Divine, maybe? I don't know. I didn't get that sweet, believe it or not. Shining st stars shining. Kicking myself for not getting that one because of all the... Oh, yeah. Stars. You didn't get that? And yeah, you know what? There's cards in there. Okay, so it is it is Stars at Night and Night Divine. Yeah. So they're, then, part of the, they're all part of the Oh Holy Night Mega Suite. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. And this is another thing I just put together. I mean, I did it a while ago. And I actually got this idea from Kim McGillis. She's another <clears throat> my friend I met through Stamping Up. She's from Canada. And she did brilliant work with the uh, Rustic Christmas Countdown Kit. So this nice. is, put her up in a frame. I can't Ooh. see it frame. So I just hung it up like this. I love it. A nice advent calendar with all your envelopes. What are you going to put inside? Candies? Candies? Uh, no, I'm just going to display it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try to find a way because this is a cork. This is my daughter's cork, um, cork board and, but it's too big. So I want to try to put like a, I found like a canvas, but it, it's too small. I want to put it and try to sell it during the craft fair. That's my goal. Um, uh, but then what, uh, Kim also did was she showed alternate cards with that kit. So these are some samples of that. Oh man. Nice. And if you look at um, my page, because <clears throat> I was telling everybody there's 25 envelopes. So kit in, in the actuality, the kit can make 25, but I made 31. I mean, if you are late in your card making, I'd say buy this countdown kit. Um, it makes so many cards and they're so pretty and it really takes a lot of the work out of it. You know, it's already, um, it's, let's see, it's November. November 30th for us, you guys are the 29th, right? And for many stampers, that's already kind of late to do your, <clears throat> sorry, I got a frog in my throat. It's already late to start your Christmas cards, but it's a great way if you get that kit to make multiple cards at one shot, you know, and it took me kind of like a day to make all of the cards, but it's so worth it. That's only, only a day. It's not, a, that's not a long time. That's great. Uh, only a day. And those, those embellishments are amazing in that kit. So yeah, that's, it's that's hard. great advice. And I'm going to be asking you about Facebook, but we must mention the Guam time because they are a day ahead of us. And so right now it is 8.04 p.m. on the East Coast. So you can tell us what, and that is Wednesday. It's Wednesday, 8.04 p.m. on the East Coast. That's where I'm at in Georgia. So your time. We're 11, 11.04, 11.05 in the morning on Thursday morning. So I'm from the future. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I just love that. All right. Now, one thing that they are all saying beautiful cards. They love seeing that. Thank you. So one thing that many listeners may be afraid of doing is starting 
a Facebook business page, a YouTube channel, an Instagram account, or any of those things. And because they know when they start it, that they have to make themselves be consistent and keep adding to it. One thing I'm very impressed with is that you've always been consistent with your Facebook page. You've always been posting and not just personal things. And sometimes like your family's getting together to cook food or something, but you're crafting tutorials all the time. And I, and I say consistent, meaning you could be in the United States visiting someone and you're still bringing your camera stand and going live from wherever you're at. So let's talk about some of that, like maybe your, your Facebook business page journey and your equipment and, and some things and to get some others encouraged on getting started in that. So, um, I think for me, um, and I, I, and I think for everybody, you just have to start, you know, don't wait until you feel you're really good at doing something to do it. Um, I, I don't know if you guys took it, took part of the Exano Facebook challenge. Um, I did that yeah. and I, you did too, right? There was a, post- I, yeah. I fizzled. I know that I couldn't do 14 days. <laughs> well, so I, I did the 14 days and there was a quote there that at, it was so good. It was, I can't remember, but it, it had to do with the fact that if you don't try to do something, then it's automatic failure. But at least if you try to do something even badly, you would have made progress. And so that's what I always tell people, you know, just do what you can, what you're comfortable with, but push the envelope a little bit. So get a little bit out of the comfort zone. Don't compare yourself to others because gosh, if I compared myself to Kim, I'd never get out of bed, right? This girl is like in the stratosphere. (laughs) So I just do what I can, you know, and we all try to move forward from wherever we're at. So for me, that's my goal is to um, have a stronger hybrid business. My goal for the past few years has been to earn the incentive trip. I haven't been able to do that. I'm hoping that this is the year that I do that. And I think having a hybrid business definitely will push me towards that because, you know, living on Guam, I don't think we have the population to support it for me. So I have to make sure that I expand out beyond our island because our island is tiny. We're not even a dot in the globe. (laughs) Sometimes they put you on there as a dot, right? Not even the name. What the heck? (laughs) <laughs> but that, yeah, I understand. So that's why it's so using Facebook helps you expand your potential customer base. Right. So that's right. Awesome. So it's important to be consistent. And I, I tried to do it for a few days. I did it every other day. A few of my team members did it. I was kudos to them. Like Linda's here. She did it. But I was not feeling good. And neither was the host of that event. And I was just like, I can't do 14 days straight because it's not my if you would have given me a chance to do that on YouTube, I'd have been all over it but not, not Facebook, but it was a cool Facebook challenge. So how do you manage to do that every week though? And, and, and everywhere and certain times and consistency, how do you, how do you make sure that that's a priority? So you don't fizzle out. Um, well, because I tell myself I have to do it. Right. And so, um, and I, I try to mix it up a little bit so that, cause I remember, I don't know if you guys are part of the business development program, but I remember uh, working with Shari and I was like, gosh, Shari, this takes so much work. It really does to try to come up with the ideas. So a lot of times I cheat and I kind of look at Pinterest. If I know I have like a, I want to do a project, a product, right? I look at Pinterest and I kind of see what the ideas are there and then I tweak it and I make it um, my own. But then also in addition to doing cards, then I do other things like for my live for 
tomorrow because it'll be your Thursday night, but it's always Friday at 12 for me, you know? Um, and that really, I picked that time because that's what works best for me, you know? And at the time uh, COVID was going on and people, you know, I figured they can go in and watch during their lunch hour, but if not, they can always catch the replay. And um, that's something that I, I think is important too. I think more people probably watch my replay than watch it uh, live. So in my live for tomorrow, I'm going to be going through the catalog and showing people what's going to be or what's discounted right now and what will be a carryover so that they can see visually. In fact, let me just pull up my catalog and see if I could. Uh, I have it all prepped and ready to go so that they can see what they um, if there's something that they're interested in, you know, like. So I just put something like this, you know, and it's I put carryover. I put carryover. And then this one is what's discounted because let's face it people who doesn't like a sale right and for me a lot of my customers will gravitate towards what's on sale not so much if it's going to be gone forever but what's on sale and if they like it um, they will buy it so I try to mix it up a little bit so that it's not always the same thing and as Kim mentioned she saw my family gatherings there was one Friday where I knew I couldn't do it because we were busy making our family stuffing we call it Regeno and Chamorro. And that was an all day thing. We started at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I think we finished at what, nine o'clock at night. And there were nine of us cooking, no, 10 of us cooking. So there was a lot of food. And I just kind of wanted to show our culture a little bit. So I did my live on that. So I tried to break it up so that it's not the same thing um, over and over again. But I make it a priority to do the Friday lives if I can. And you're right, Kim, I do take my tripod with me when I travel. Um, my son lives and his family live in San Diego. So I have a whole setup there. Um, my brother lives in Seattle. So he didn't have a tripod, so I had to buy one. But I told myself, because I bought a small one, it fits into a box, that when I travel, I'm just gonna take that with me. So that no matter where I go, uh, or not a travel, a camera, a camera stand, I'll have one so that I can do um, my lives on it. Yeah, does that yeah, answer your question? I have an Archon stand I put in my luggage too, because even if I'm just yeah. going to show swaps at an event, like maybe I'm not going to do a tutorial at it from a hotel, but I might have, Stampin' Up! may have given me something. And rather than me holding my camera like this and shaking all over and making everyone dizzy, I just put everything on the table and put the stand on. So I do travel with that too. That's a good thing to do. That's heavy with. though. The Archon stand is heavy. Yeah, I'm the smart one. Well, it is heavy. It's about probably 15 pounds. I, it's kind of heavy. I have to put it on my scale over there it but it 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 doesn't take up much room in my luggage but it is like just solid metal weight but i do take <laughs> it i take it on the like i took it on the cruise i took it on my trip yeah. so we have a question from kathy from backyard stamper about a is your team made up of business or hobby demos or you know what's the count what's the ratio there and They're then all Chris is saying that we are both so generous and talented Thank you so much for this chat. All right, oh, we'll summarize you. our chat in a little bit, but yeah, go ahead and answer that one about your business so my, hobby. Yeah, yeah, my team is made up entirely of hobby demonstrators, all of them, you know, and I always have to tell them when I invite them to join, I always have to tell them, you don't have to do what I do because they get intimidated. Like, I don't want to go on YouTube. You know, I don't want to do classes. And I was like, you don't have to do that. You can just get the discount. And I'll be honest with you. That's the reason why I started because I wanted the discount. That was it. I had no intention of doing this as a business. And it wasn't until I went to on stage um, in Florida that that changed my mindset 
a little bit. So they're all uh, hobby demonstrators. I have one um, who picked up, okay, so we had the joining promotion in October, right? It was October? We had right. one in, uh, last month. Yeah, it was October. Cause it's already That's October, month. right? Yeah, it was, so, it, yes, one month. That was a good one. Yeah. I know, it seems like so long ago. So right, I, right. I, I added a team member back in September. And at the time we don't get advance notice of when these joining promotions are going to come up. So she joined in September. Um, and then in October, she picked up three new team members just by herself. I know, right? I was like amazed. So she, I think may have the potential to becoming a business demonstrator, but she is a full, she has a full-time job. She is a teacher, um, but she might be eyeing it uh, down the line, but they're all strictly right now they're all dummy, uh, demo, I mean, hobby demonstrators. Yeah, hobby demonstrators. No, that's wonderful that, that she picked up a few. Yeah. Well, so she might have been bummed out. She didn't get the extra bonus special, but yeah. then she got a lot of team members because of it. So it all it all worked out. Yeah, it worked right. out. In the, you know, and I had to explain to her, we don't get advance notice. So there was no way I could tell her, wait till October, you know. Right. Right. We know they tell us like two days in advance. And if that's if if at all. Now, I wanted to my my former ones who come on to this podcast, my former guests, I should say, they they give questions to my future guests. And we've, we've one of them asked you what your go to craft and you explained your whole history of crafting, which I love, like how you got into the. The name of it again. Bunka is bunka. bunka, which I I was accidentally saying bunka, but bunka, and then you now do then you got into scrapbook scrapbooking and card making, and you're mainly a paper crafter. And then another question from another another guest was, what scary inspired action did you take for your business, and what was the result? What scary action inspired and scary inspired action did you take? scary inspired action or just um, any scary or inspired or both action did you take um i think it was really just the decision um to make this a business and to um put all of my time and effort into that you know um i, I i'm lucky because this is i'm retired right so um unlike a lot of people who who depend on this for their uh, their bread and butter for me, it's just extra, but I love it. And I, I really don't do it for the money. I'm happy. I know Kim is probably like rolling her eyes. At I me, know but- you, you also should do it for the money, but yes, <laughs> you know, I'm happy just making enough money so I can buy more products. Really? That's the bottom line. And to earn the incentive trip. So my goals are not very lofty and I just, I just love making cards. I love sharing what I do with other people. And I love seeing, you know, it's the teacher in me. I think when, whenever we teach something and you see that, that aha on your students' faces or in your customers' faces, when they, um, they are amazed that they made this, this pretty card that came out of their own inspiration, you know, and I love that. And I love to continue uh, to do that with other people. Yeah. Once a teacher, always a teacher. Yeah. That is awesome. And I can, I can feel the passion, which is what crafting is all about. And I wanted to see if you had any questions that that's awesome answer. And if you have any questions for one of my future, my next guest on this podcast. 
you know, I know you, you asked me to put one together, but I don't have one right no, now. Okay. You can let me know. So okay. can I let you know that later? Yeah, let me know, you know later. Okay. So I wanted to just kind of see if there's anything I'm, I didn't cover before I summarize our conversation. And then I'm going to have others look at the links in the show notes to find you on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. They're going to be able to find you in your links. So I have a question for you, Kim. Sure. Where, what's your next step? You're doing so many things now. What do you want to accomplish or where do you see yourself moving forward from this? So this, pod, yeah, this podcast is what my latest endeavor, but actually really my next step. And no one's really asked me this as regards to crafting. I mean, in, it doesn't have to do with crafting necessarily, but it's definitely related is artificial intelligence. I've gone mm-hmm. all in on, on artificial intelligence and I've been taking courses and I'm going to figure out a way to, well, I've already been using it in my business, but I'm going to figure out a way to teach others how to do the same and, and start teaching some people about artificial intelligence since technology mm-hmm. is my background. I feel like a lot of people are struggling with the concepts and I'm like, this is so easy to me. Like, in fact, it's easier than all the stuff I used to do with technology in the past. And I'm like, everybody, you have to use this. It's like amazing. And so I really feel like if I don't share it, people will be left behind in the world of artificial intelligence. And I really want to show them how to generate images, how to just talk to, just talk to the language processors and just get results back. Cause there's so many different ones, but just how to talk to it, get answers back, how to ask it to generate images and, and products for you. And when I say products, meaning not the full product because we're crafters, but outlines, mm-hmm. ideas. Now I didn't do it today, but like usually this sheet, I made up my own questions. But when I don't know the guest, I actually just asked ChatGBT. I just say, can you generate some questions for this guest? And it gave me all the questions to ask the podcast guest. Wow. But I didn't, that's because I didn't know the guest, right? Wow. So they gives me questions. It gives me questions to ask and they were so insightful. And everyone's like, I love that conversation. I'm like, yeah, there were good questions, right? <laughs> but but I'm saying I knew you already I generated. But I already I already personally knew you. So I mean I modify them a little bit, but today I just thought of the questions myself because I know you and I knew what I wanted to ask you. But there's just so many things we can use artificial yeah. intelligence for to help our business. And I thought, I don't know. We have to do I I could do AI for crafters or just yes. AI for small business owners or just AI for everyday life. Like I'm thinking of a course in my head, like that, but that's going to be next. But of course I have to get this podcast off the ground. We're only on episode nine. So I can't, it, you know, my coaches always say like, stick to one thing for a while before you do <laughs> something new and get it, like get it working before you do something new. Right. right. I want to get this working and going. Right. That is so awesome. I would be interested in that AI for stamping up, right? How can you use AI to help with our business? Exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, I'm, I have a, along with this channel, I have a, along with this podcast, I have grow your crafty business and I have eight members already in there. It's a Facebook group and we meet weekly on zoom. And so we do business topics. So that's something I'm trying to get off the ground along with the podcast. And then we'll be doing AI in there with, with those guys. We've been doing a lot of Canva. Oh yeah. Your Canva stuff is awesome, by the way. Yeah, I love, I love, I love Canva. Canva, how you put prices on what was retiring and and all the stuff and all the things. I yeah. love Canva. I finally convinced Sandra to uh, take the bullet, bite the bullet and pay for the paid for subscription. But man, I, it's so worth it. I, it's so worth it. 
you know, to jump from the free one to the paid one. Yeah, I have so the twenty nine dollar one by accident because I bought the team one, and I it's supposed to be like fourteen ninety nine a month. But I and then now that I have a team on there helping me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't take it away from anybody. So I guess I'll keep the twenty nine ninety nine a month. I it's worth the pro is worth it either way. It is. It is. I loved your graphics recently that you did on all the different price discounts that were coming up. All right, so I want to summarize this, and and then I'm going to have you on again next year after at this time after you've earned your incentive trip so we can talk about i know right that and how that how that keep came my fingers crossed <laughs> or how it came to be or what what steps you to get there and i'll lastly i'll check if there's any more questions but first i just want to let, let's see yeah we don't have any more questions like comments and lots of fun stuff going on so today we talked to becky tobez from guam and we learned a lot about what the Stampin' Up! community is like there and how Guam is an important place to do crafting in person because of the amazing sense mm -hmm. of community and our love of food <laughs> and we, how we can get together at, at gatherings. So we also talked about going to craft fairs and the cafe and different different things to generate leads for your crafty business. And we talked about just stamping up in general and the different mm -hmm. ways to that you grew your team and what you're doing to grow your hobby into a jobby. So I had a really fun conversation and I know we could talk for hours okay. on these topics. <laughs> I appreciate you being here today and your time and as you're getting your day started and Anything else we didn't cover? No, I just and papaya, thank you. Pickle papaya or fresh? What's your preference? Pickle papaya or what? Or just fresh papaya? What's your What's your preference? Oh, I I love the ripe papaya. You do? Okay, mine's a pickle. Oh, I oh. love the ripe papaya. And you know, if we ever get you know um enough doni, or you you can always do the finadeni the Nancy because that one is bottled. But I do have um, some of that still. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you for inviting me to be part of this podcast. It's a thrill for me uh, to be here and to share my ideas with everyone. I hope I've helped someone in some way with some of the things that I've done. And um, I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, Kim, because you're doing an awesome job. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you being here. And it's my pleasure because this podcast has enabled me to not just meet new people and interview them, but like to get in touch with my crafty friends that I've known forever and spend more time with you. So like that, this is why this podcast is so rewarding for me, not just to help others, but like, Hey, I get to have crafty conversations. I mean, how great is that to talk about crafting? Cause like, can't do that with my husband all the time. Right. Gotta just <laughs> gotta have your crafty friends to talk about crafting with. So it's all good. Yeah. So who else gets, gets excited about paper and stamps and ribbon and embellishments, right? Other people just don't understand those conversations. <laughs> They, they sure don't. Yes. And thank you everyone for watching. I so appreciate you taking time out of your day um, to listen or to watch uh, Kim and I have, as we have these conversations. Thank you for joining us on Hello Crafty Friends. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your feedback helps us inspire more crafty entrepreneurs just like you. Stay connected with our community and shape the direction of our podcast. Visit HelloCraftyFriends.com to join the Grow Your Crafty Business membership group. Until next time, keep crafting, keep thriving, and keep growing.
Goodbye, crafty friends.